Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee faithfully served the Lord for more than seven decades, co-laboring with Watchman Nee in China in the first half of the 20th century, before continuing his ministry in Taiwan, later in America, and eventually over the entire earth. He spoke these weekly Life Study messages before thousands of people, and much of his speaking has been published as over 400 titles. These life studies are perhaps his most significant work, taking 21 years for him to complete, and we're happy today to be able to bring you selected portions from those messages. If you'd like to find out more about his ministry, about the life studies themselves, and Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org. Now let's join today's program. The Gospel of Matthew is a book that is focused on the kingdom of God. More than just the account of ethical teachings and miraculous events, this book unveils an environment where the wonderful King of Kings can be revealed in so many aspects. Francis Ball is here today as we come once again to consider the Gospel of Matthew, rightly called the Gospel of the Kingdom. Welcome back to the program, Francis. Well, I'm especially happy to be here in this particular portion. It's a wonderful portion today, Francis. You know, from the first page, which begins with the genealogy of Christ, it seems that this book is centered on just one thing, and that is to reveal to us just who this Christ really is. I think, Chris, without seeing that point, we may read through Matthew a number of times and still not get much of what's really meant, nothing more than the stories of healings and things like that. But to see who Christ is and to see the kind of way that uh, the environment is arranged to bring these points out is really marvelous. I think that's a point that's going to become more clear today. Uh, Rather than just an account of a series of events, even wonderful miraculous stories, uh, what's being portrayed here is an overall picture or an environment where uh, the kind of person that Christ is is available to be seen in in a much more visible fashion through all of these stories. There were certain situations that came up for us to reach this point in the book of Matthew uh, which made it possible to give the the constitution of the kingdom in chapters 5, 6, and 7. But that's not enough. We need to go on. There's more to see in the person of Christ than we've seen so far. Well, we've concluded, of course, that portion. Now we're on to chapter 9, and we're really seeing the continuation of his ministry. Let's join Witness Lee with our first portion today. To get the revelation of what Christ is, There is the need of his ministry, which creates an environment. So he began to minister. And through that beginning of his ministry, he got crowds. And with those crowds, there was an environment for him to decree the Constitution. After the decree of the Constitution, he came down to continue his ministry. In this continuation of his ministry, what was there carried out? Science, miracles signifying something. One sign was that 
he healed a leper. And the other sign was that he healed a uh, servant boy of a Roman centurion. And the other sign was that he healed the mother-in-law of Peter. And the following days, he healed a lot of persons. Well, all these was what? Was his ministry. He came with his salvation firstly to the Jews. And then from the Jews turned to the Gentiles. And then after the fullness of the Gentiles, then he would bring his salvation back to the Jews. And then after this, the restoration of the whole earth will come in and all the diseases will be healed. And that will be the time of millennium. It was through this continuation of his ministry that an environment was prepared. You have to follow this. What environment? Ah, a feast was set up there. Without the continuation of his ministry, there could never be such a feast. And this feast came out of his ministry. The ministry brought a sinner in by the name Matthew, a tax collector. It was through and in his continual ministry that such a dirty person was brought in. He didn't have any high-rank friend. All tax collectors, all sinners, because he was that kind of person. That situation afforded the best opportunity that Christ was revealed. He was revealed in an environment that was brought forth through his ministry. And under this environment, he had a good opportunity to tell people that he was what? A physician. And he was a red grove. Not only so, he was also the new cause to cover us, also the new wine to fill us up, and also the new wine skin to keep all the wine we have received. Isn't this wonderful? Now, Francis, this is a very fresh view of the ministry that the Lord Jesus undertook after the three monumental chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. All these situations really help create an environment where we can see Christ in some tremendous aspects, don't they? It's amazing to me, Chris, the the way that the ministry of Christ just opened up uh, events, uh, healings, and miraculous things that are so full of meaning. It seems to me that my reading of the Bible, I I was attracted to the event and was amazed at how he would raised from the dead even, and he would heal people that were blind and so on. But I have to admit, I never saw the significance that's in these miracles as he has brought out in this ministry. Now, the ministry of Christ, of course, was to teach, but not just to teach. He's not a lecturer in a college, but he's a, he's a living person that by his ministry— which included going about and attracting people and also performing miracles. This ministry uh, just set the atmosphere and the environment so he could make himself known 
I'm afraid for many, many people that know Christ as a Savior, but they really don't know who this one is. When we say to know this Christ, we don't mean that there's another Christ. But if you know this Christ, you know Christ in a fuller way. And so these kind of situations that he just described were miraculous opportunities to make himself known in more detail and more, I would say, with more titles than we ever realized, to be the bridegroom and to be the physician, as he brings out here now. This is just marvelous. How he does it is not just by teaching, but by a living and miraculous display that really has such significance in it that we may know who this wonderful person is and experience him more in our daily living. Yeah, it's it's a different revelation, I think, to realize that Christ is the real physician, not just the one who was able to heal the sick, and that Christ was the bridegroom. Christ is the new wine, and even the new wine skin. Uh, to see him in this way is another view altogether, isn't it? It certainly is, and it's so uh, prevalent in this particular gospel, which is the gospel of the king. The king is just coming down to make himself known in all these aspects you mentioned. Well, we're going to go on now. As this uh, ministry of the Lord Jesus continues, the ministry of the king, we come to verse 18 in chapter 9. Let me read a few of these verses. It really sets the context where we're going to see some more aspects of him unveiled. As he was speaking these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. And Jesus rose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for twelve years approached from behind and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said within herself, If only I touch his garment, I will be healed. And Jesus, turning and seeing her, said, Take courage, daughter, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that hour. Marvelous, wonderful, sweet, intimate account. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Here in chapter 9, there was still the need of some further ministry. You have a ruler. And this ruler, according to Luke, is the ruler of a synagogue. So he is a Jewish ruler. And he has a daughter. If you read Mark and Luke, you could find out this daughter was 12 years of age. A young daughter. It is so strange. He had some kind of interest in this heavenly king. But he didn't have that much faith as the centurion had. You know, the centurion told the Lord Jesus, you don't need to come to my home. You just gave a word. Good enough. But this ruler of the synagogue, he had some interest in Christ, but he didn't have this much faith. If he did have this much faith, right away by that time, he would, what? He would have his daughter healed. But he didn't. He asked, Come to my home. Come to my home. And lay your hand upon my daughter. And his faith was just thus far. And his faith couldn't reach further. Then the Lord Jesus sympathized with him. So the Lord Jesus took a journey 
to go there while the Lord Jesus was on the way. Among the crowd, a woman came. This woman had been sick of hemorrhage, the issue of blood, exactly for 12 years. The same period of time. This indicates what? This indicates while the Lord Jesus was journeying to the Jews. While he was on the way, he was met and caught by the Gentiles. She didn't ask the Lord Jesus to touch her. No. Rather, she said within herself, I just touched the fringe of her garment, I'll be whole. And she did it. And she got healed. She got healed. This signifies what? Well, the salvation to the Gentiles will be full. Then Christ will reach at the house of Israel. Isn't this meaningful? The Lord Jesus intended to reach the Jews, but the Jews didn't have that much faith. So this gave a good chance to Gentiles to contact the Lord to get the salvation. And then after fullness of the salvation to the Gentiles, the Lord Jesus reached the house of Israel and all the dead ones, sick ones there will be healed. Francis, all these cases are significant far beyond just the healing of two sick women, a blind man, uh, a dumb person, and so many others. They all have a much broader significance. Let's talk about the case particularly of the Jewish ruler's daughter and the Gentile woman that came to the Lord and touched the fringe of his garment and what these two cases particularly signify. This is most amazing to me how you can look into these cases here, and they're not that significant until it's pointed out to us. But once it's pointed out to us, you know this is right. This is really the very deep significance of the dispensational changes. The Lord Jesus came to his own. That means the Jews. He came to his Jews. And this daughter of this ruler of the synagogue, of course, was a Jew. And she represents the Jewish people to whom the Lord came. And now this ruler realizes his daughter is dying. Here it says she died already. In the other Gospels it says she's dying. But anyway, she did die. And he came there. He took her by the hand. And he touched her. This is significant because in God's dealing with the Jews, he came to them physically. The Lord Jesus walked among them. He tabernacled among them. He's with them. And he did a lot of things in contacting them. And it's very consistent in the New Testament, in the Gospels, how the Lord Jesus touched Jewish people in a special way. But in this case, while he was going to raise this young girl from the dead by touching her, a woman, a Gentile woman who's been sick, which is a real picture of us Gentiles, we were sick with sinfulness. She touched him. She said, if I could just touch the fringe of his garment, I'll be healed. That was faith. So in this dispensation, people are saved, healed from their sinful sickness by touching the Lord. In this case, we need to have faith. And if our faith is there, our faith in him will heal us. There's a lot of things in these pictures now that you can see when you go back. 
I'd just like to encourage all the radio audience to listen to these and also to send for the book and read it because it's quite deep and significant. And Francis, these two other points of the blind that were given sight and the dumb that was given the ability to speak again, what is the significance of these, particularly as it relates to this verse in Isaiah 35 that was referred to about the coming millennium? Well, of course, we know that after he came to the Jews and then the Gentiles received the gospel, then he turns back to the Jews again at the end of this dispensation when the period of the Gentiles has been completed And that will bring in a millennium. Many of God's people know about the millennium, the time of peace and rest and satisfaction, a revival that will take place, but that will involve healings. And here is what he did at this time. Then he goes on and he heals a blind man and uh, restores the tongue of a dumb man. And these prophecies, like you mentioned in Isaiah, speak of the, the blind receiving sight and the dumb being able to speak the praises to God. Now, this is so uh, we can see, and so also we can speak. So this is the real privilege we have in this age, which will really be a common occurrence in the kingdom age. But now, if we really touch the Lord himself by faith in him, our sight will be opened. Even Paul touches this matter, asking that we might receive spiritual wisdom, and so on. So we can speak. We can praise the Lord. This is really marvelous. And this is the enjoyment we have now. But in the millennium, all of God's people will be released from all of these shortages. Francis, did you have, well, I know the answer. Let me ask it anyway. We have four stories of basically uh, a Jewish girl getting healed, a Gentile woman touching the fringe of his garment, and then the blind and the dumb being restored. Yet put together in the interpretation of the real New Testament ministry, we have Christ coming to his people, the door being opened for the Gentiles, and a full picture of the coming millennial age. It's astounding, isn't it? It really is astounding. And I like the way you sum it up because it's easy to get caught up on all these details, but the real summation is to see this dispensational picture through these miracles. Of course, many people have probably been saved with some of these stories used in a gospel context, and we don't want to minimize that, but there's also something marvelous to be said for seeing the whole picture like this. Well, let's go back to Witness Lee for our final segment. What Jesus was ministering there was to bring forth a situation. Now, what situation was brought forth? After all this, the healing of that woman, the healing of the young girl, and the healing of the two blinds, and the healing of the one dumb. After all these, what came out? What came out? The Lord Jesus said, look at these people. They are harassed. They don't have a shepherd. It was under this kind of situation that he, the Lord Jesus, revealed himself To his disciples, he was a shepherd. A further revelation. He was a shepherd. Now, he was not only the physician, the uh, bridegroom. He was also what? A shepherd. He considered God's remnant as a flock. Not only so, but he also likened God's remnant as what? As a crop. It is so strange. Firstly, he said, look at the Harris people. 
They all are wondering. They are a, a flock sheep losing their shepherd. Then right away he said, "You have to pray to the Lord of the harvest, because the harvest is vast, but the workers are few. So you all have to be seat." To pray the Lord of Harvest to send out more workers. Are the remnant of God the flag or the crop? Right. Both are something living. Now, my, he is revealed further as two items. The shepherd and the Lord of the Harvest. Today... We need such a vision. Why? Because many, many times we sounded out the call. Oh, we need the help. And so forth. But we didn't what? We didn't pray to the Lord of harvest. From now on, anywhere that fills the need of some workers, you better firstly pray to the Lord of harvest. Lord, here is your harvest. You are the Lord of the harvest. We just pray to you. We call on you for sending some reapers. Lord, we need some reapers to reap your harvest. Send some. This kind of prayer surely makes difference. Because by this kind of prayer, it means that we have seen a vision. That our Christ, the kingly one, is the shepherd, is the Lord of harvest. Francis, on one hand, all of these cases demonstrate that Christ is the real physician, the healing one. But there's much more to see than just to see him as the great physician. What is indicated by his further unveiling as the shepherd and the Lord of the harvest? Well, the Lord Jesus saw these Israelites as uh, sheep without a shepherd. And this really gave the uh, situation where he could reveal himself as the shepherd, really, really caring for the sheep. They were his flock. Well, the shepherds that were supposedly feeding the sheep were harassing them, and it was a bad situation. But the Lord comes and sees this. This makes a situation where he can show himself as the real shepherd. And not only he's the shepherd, but also, as he pointed out here, he's the Lord of the harvest. The people are the crop. They're ready to be harvested, but there's not enough laborers to harvest the crop. So he says, pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. But what we have to ask ourselves, am I praying that I can reap my own harvest, or am I really praying for workers, laborers, to go out and reap his harvest? This whole kingdom is a matter of growth and harvesting. We need to be occupied and praying that the Lord will gather all those for his harvest. Francis, I really think that's a good point to end on today, to realize that it's his flock, it's his harvest, he's the real shepherd, and he is the Lord of the harvest. All of these things, we're just privileged to handle, but we have the deep sensation they really are someone else's possession, aren't they? That's right. Thank you, Francis. Uh, I've really enjoyed our life study today, and I always enjoy our times together. I invite you back very soon. 
Thank you very much. I'll do my best. Uh, we'd like to invite you to contact us. That's very important to us. We're not seeking anything but really just to hear from you and to hear your responses to these programs, maybe to try to answer your questions, get information about where you're listening and uh, how these programs come to you. Of course, we have a number of resource items available, the life study messages in their complete printed form, the recovery version of the New Testament with footnotes that cover most of these main points that we talk about each day. Both of these are tremendous resources, and we invite you to contact us to find out about how you can get them for yourself. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. Today for Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs consist of excerpts from Witness Lee's spoken ministry, along with our discussion and comments, and all focusing on God's heart's desire that we would enjoy Christ as the divine life for man. There are more than 1,700 programs like this one available online free of charge that you can download, stream live, or add to your podcast subscription. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. That's lsmradio.com. You can also reach us by email, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.